Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Reckoning Higher Ed. I am Jeff D. Giovanni and I am the host. And I am very excited to bring you this new podcast that is sure to bring you new insights into higher education in the United States and the massive forces that are impacting it. In this episode, I will introduce this podcast in preparation for future podcasts, allowing you to get a feel for what I'm actually trying to achieve. First, who is this podcast for? Well, frankly, it's for me. I have passionately studied the impending and, well, current major forces and challenges facing higher education. The reality is American colleges and universities have been facing unprecedented challenges that will only increase over time. I realize that the small steps of evolution that they've been going through are likely not sufficient for our great institutions to thrive in the future. The rift between what is feasible, what is wanted, and what we are offering has become so great that there is an ever-increasing likelihood for a major disruption in what post-secondary education looks like, how it's delivered, accessibility, and its related costs. I intend to use this podcast to lay out the variety of challenges from a multitude of perspectives so we can understand this problem and identify solutions. Some of the topics include historical perspectives in higher education and reviewing the, quote, slow burn, unquote, as I call it, that has been occurring over the last couple decades. Also, enrollment trends, as that alone has been a massive factor, without which institutions of higher education would not likely have had to change nearly significantly to survive or even thrive. Student expectations as they relate to generational cultures. Essentially, this is asking, is the product we're providing what is desired? We will see that there's been an increasing separation between these, and we'll explore how this has happened and the ways it's manifesting. This may involve some more charged areas as internal political trends have had ramifications on the substance of dialogue for an arena that's ostensibly a place for free thought. We will also talk about how these trends are impacting institutions geographically as well as by public versus private universities and colleges. We will also talk about changes in educational delivery given technological and other forces. Highly relevant, of course, are issues like cost. That is, the cost of education versus the cost of attending college or university will be a key topic, especially in light of the product-consumer mismatch. We will investigate what the real cost of education is versus the cost of attending college and what might be accounting for those differences. Universities have matured, like many big businesses, complete with union representation and such. We will see what the impacts that has had from multiple angles. Many fields have associated professions with them. Many times these professions mandate strict criteria for particular programs. While this has been true for a very long time, we will look at that relationship, the relationship these professions have had with the programs and the influence they've had and how that might need to adapt over time. So who might be interested in listening to this? Well, you might have been able to determine that to some extent by listening to our topics. But essentially, it's pretty broad. If you are an academic, for example, a uni or a university administrator, or even one of those pesky hybrid folks who maintain faculty status while primarily working in an administrative capacity, this podcast is definitely for you. If you are attending college or 
are a parent of someone attending college, be it undergrad or graduate, this podcast is also for you. If you work in the private sector and can't seem to wrap your mind around the bizarre world of the academy, as we like to call it, and you'd like to figure it out a little better, this podcast is for you. Quite simply, this podcast is for any curious mind that would like to better understand higher education in the United States. Let me introduce you to myself and the motivations and content we'll bring you in this podcast. I have spent my entire career in higher education. I have been uh, in the higher ed place, employed, uh, since 1995 or 1996. I have been a faculty member since 2002 and had many various administrative capacities as well. To be specific, I've been in the public university arena, including my education throughout my employment. I've had a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering, a master's in clinical, in, a, in the clinical health profession of audiology, as well as a PhD in the life sciences. Subsequently, I began my faculty career almost two decades ago at Ohio University, where I was a tenure-track faculty member. I've served in various capacities, both inside and out the, outside the department. Inside the department, I was director of graduate studies very early on in my career. Did that for about seven years uh, before transitioning into the department chair for a little bit. And after a major reorganization of the college, I moved up into the dean's office and, and served in that capacity for seven or so years, uh, doing various things at the associate dean level uh, and had a few other names to it, uh, largely surrounding supporting uh, the clinical activities that were part of many of the programs inside the college. And then, uh, subsequent to that, moved to a different university in the state of Ohio. Let me tell a story. When I was first introduced into uh, higher education as a faculty member back in 2002, I was attending an orientation for new faculty members. And I recall uh, them going through quite a bit of uh, detailed information, which was very interesting and quite helpful, on who is the class of 2006, meaning students who are entering in 2002 were going to graduate from their undergraduate degrees in 2006 and wanted to orient us to their culture, if you will, their generational culture. For example, they once said, you know, well, the class of 2006 have never heard a phone ring, like an actual bell, you know, that everything had been electronic throughout their lives and, and sort of cordless phones and cell phones were starting to get big at that point, very ubiquitous. And then I was thinking, well, my office phone for my new job actually had a ringer, very traditional, like your parents had in their house. Um, so it was a weird, uh, definitely a weird introduction. But was, what was also brought up was the future enrollment crisis that, that was even known back then. Higher education is one of those few, uh, few sectors that knows their customer or customer base and market size almost two decades before they're ready to use them. So if the average freshman is 18 years old or so when they go to college, uh, we, we know very well what the, what the sense, you know, through census data and other estimates of, uh, and estimates through people going to, you know, primary school and secondary school of exactly how many of these individuals there are. 
And as such, we have a very strong ability to predict how many will be going to college. And at that time, it was very well known that there were many fewer that were anticipated to come to college and in the coming years. Now, enrollment trends, enrollments have been decreasing year over year. And now in 2008, a year we all stingingly recall, perhaps not quite as stinging as 2020 will have been. Nevertheless, there was a huge financial crisis that uh, had massive and acute impacts into the economy in the U.S. Now, you ask, what does that have to do with higher ed? Oddly enough, now, granted, year over year, birth rates have been dropping. 2008, it took a step function decrease of approximately 15% in birth rates and did not recover, which means... Add 18 years to that, 2026. Now we have a birth rate or an enrollment pool, if you will, about 15% less. This all means that along with a, the chronic and increasing severity of a decreasing enrollment trend, and that you have a vast number of universities and colleges in this country vying for the same pool and a diminishing pool, you also have the added acute crisis of the birth rates having dropped in 20, uh, or in 2008 rather, which means that in 2026, there'll be freshmen, and then they'll go sophomores, juniors, seniors, and then say roughly around 2030, you'll see this hitting the graduate program. So in the next 10-ish years, there's gonna be a massive revolution forced upon higher education due solely to enrollment trends. But Let's not kid ourselves. That is just one of the multitude of forces. Perhaps another one is technology. We've seen for a very long time what we've often referred to as the, quote, for-profit universities. And they've been often maligned uh, for taking like a very easy path, if you will, or taking shortcuts. Uh, there's a very large notable one that's named after a city in Arizona uh, that was a very large fully online for-profit university. Now, mind you, like many things, the technology often arrives before our ability to competently and effectively use it. What I mean is that online teaching had quickly gotten a reputation for being highly inferior to your in-class traditional counterpart. Does that mean it needs to be? No, absolutely not, most would say, but it has to be done in a very particular way. Now, this was not done necessarily in that particular way. There were uh, maybe nods to this effect and um, advertisements to the effect that it was done in a highly effective way. And, and of course, playing on the convenience factor, people who might be in career. All the things that we actually think are good ideas, except again, we just didn't know how necessarily to properly use that technology at that time. And we're going back, you know, 15 plus 20 years ago when, you know, the internet was actually still quite young. It doesn't feel like it would have been that long or that, that close to us. It feels like the internet's been so mature forever. We've grown so accustomed to it. But really, we're still figuring out how to effectively deliver education online. But nevertheless, it is here and that is going to massively impact. Now, universities and colleges have evolved and iterated very slowly and are working 
to come up to speed and offer legitimate solutions to this. But you, you balance that against, one, the structure of the university, the so-called mentor-learner model, with the aspect they have massive infrastructures of campus space and buildings that were designed to take people in, and their financial model was heavily levied upon not just having tuition dollars, but also your room and board dollars. If you ever sent your kid to college, you know that room and board cost about as much as your tuition. Now you, you start switching models that dramatically creates a problem in, in the fundamentals of how these universities and colleges are structured. So that has been a huge issue that, again, we will dig into over time. Another major layer, of course, that we'll, we'll be talking about is the public universities versus the private colleges and universities. Um, naturally, historically, private schools have been you know, very revered. They give a very, uh, a very in touch, intimate experience. The because the, a lot of these places, you know, they might have a thousand to two thousand students. Where you think of your larger public schools, might have 40, 50, 60,000 enrollment, which sometimes can lead to this uh, less of a sense of community among students. Nevertheless, the cost difference between these two has been great. Of course, you know, historically anyway, that the public universities were highly subsidized, uh, and that was by their mission. Nevertheless, through, uh, not just through uh, over time, but through budget problems, you know, even 2008, but uh, throughout the 2000s and, and continues on, various states have greatly reduced the amount of subsidy they've been providing the universities. Back in, uh, say, 25 years ago, in the mid-1990s or so, Universities were subsidized about 50%, so about half of the cost of delivering and uh, the whole college experience was covered by the state subsidy. Now, it it's highly varies across states, but there are some states that are very low in single digits and some that are you know, higher in, up in the mid-20s percent. So in your best case scenario, that subsidy has been cut in half. So that's really impinged upon public sector. However, public sectors have gone to great lengths to streamline and make things more efficient, although, as we'll see, there's a lot of arguments to be made that much of the investment has been misplaced, potentially, and they need to look very carefully at what is truly required to deliver education versus what are those tangential peripheral aspects that may be and may represent a mismatch to what students are actually now looking for in education. Nevertheless, uh, while tuition has increased, it has not increased for uh, just capricious reasons. It's, it's largely increased to the increased cost over time, as well as other issues we'll dig into. But all, a ma major factor has been the decrease in subsidy uh, that the states have pulled back on. Nevertheless, private institutions tend to be significantly higher in tuition. So to date the enrollment decreases have disproportionately impacted the private colleges and schools. Uh, there was a, an article in the Wall Street Journal that reported on average in, the, in recent years that the average decrease in enrollment in the private colleges and schools has been 15%, which is, is massive. 
But to date, now this is not going to last forever, but the public universities have actually increased enrollment 4%. So while the net enrollment has decreased, the, the publics have seen an increase largely due to the perceived much greater value due to the lower cost, and the private institutions have uh, borne the brunt of the decreased enrollment, at least for now. No one, certainly they will not be off the hook. Um, this will be something that will continue and certainly impact all sectors of higher education. And the competition for current enrollment is absolutely incredible. And universities and colleges nationally are ramping up yield events and recruitment events to, to, to entice students to attend their college and university. Also, we're going to be looking at what the, the private institutions are doing. I mean, broadly speaking, uh, many have gone under. Many have just closed their doors. Similarly, what they've done is started combining. They started combining their uh, institute, like the rural privates especially, started collapsing so that once their enrollment drops to a certain level, they become very difficult to remain viable. So they'll merge with regional private institutions to bolster their enrollment and try to maintain survivability. Naturally, I would be very remiss if I didn't mention or at least address the massive elephant in the room, and that is, what were the impacts of COVID on these trends? And certainly, generally speaking, it has accelerated some of these trends, accelerated the, especially the technological implementation and the utility and how we implement it to accommodate the students because you take what we were talking about in terms of needing to, to maintain enrollment and fighting for these students. We desperately, as colleges and universities, do not want to lose them. We need to maintain that flow and, we, and that is our mission is to, to teach. And so to be as accommodating as possible to flip uh, in certain aspects of certain programs or even complete programs to an online format literally overnight back in March of 2020 uh, put a huge burden, but nevertheless has accelerated the notion of this trend of going more online, more convenient, etc. And some of the, the desires of these this younger generation, the desires that we will that we will unpack further as we go along. So how will this podcast address these issues? Well, it's not just going to be me monologuing at you episode after episode. Rather, we're going to identify experts in the field who will bring their own knowledge and experience into this arena, discuss it from their point of view. And these are individuals who are highly experienced and have futurist notions. So they, they understand the trends. They see where things are going. They're putting the pieces together. Now, mind you, they'll each have their flair and their bailiwick, you know, public versus private, enrollment trends versus financial implications, educational delivery, generational cultures of students, et cetera, et cetera. So that many of the episodes will be taking on that format. Along with that, we will have some episodes that will take an issue or a topic and dig into it rather specifically and, and get rather deep into that issue. Also, we'll have some to, and this will help with some engagement, and I hope to hear from the listeners in this on some of the questions they might have 
over time and related to certain episodes or just questions in general that are related to this podcast. And so we will have an occasional episode that will be a Q&A where I'll take listener questions, bring them forward and address them as best as I can. Well, I think this will do it for this episode. I hope you got a decent understanding or at least an introduction to what we're trying to do with this podcast. So I hope to that you will join us in future episodes and learn some things and participate and provide some feedback and questions. And until then, um, we're signing off. And thank you again. Bye now.